Hello and welcome to episode 48 of the Structure and Interpretation of Computer Programmers podcast, helping programmers to become software engineers. Now you may have been expecting my previous tagline, um, the bored man with the microphone who's going to use it to be wrong on the internet. Um, well, when I started this podcast, that was basically what this was about. I knew I wanted to talk about software engineering. I knew I wanted to share uh, my experiences and what I have learned and what I am still learning about software engineering with you, but I didn't really have a sort of a goal in mind. Um, that goal has now become helping programmers to become software engineers, and so that is now what this podcast is about. Um, I, I, thank you for everyone who's been uh, with me so far, you know, despite the fact that there wasn't any clear purpose to what's going on other than Graham Lee wants to talk at the internet. Um, hopefully uh, this new direction is like, still interesting, is still valuable, is still useful. Um, hopefully it gives you a reason to want to uh, share this podcast with your uh, colleagues and to um you know uh, and to remain involved and listening and uh, uh, and like replying to uh, the questions i raise and you know and all of that good stuff um so please do let me know what you think about uh, the idea of uh, the podcast being helping programmers become software engineers also this has helped me to sort of put together all of the uh, different things that I do, mostly under the structure and interpretation of computer programmers sort of name, uh, you know, the blog, uh, this podcast, um, and then also like De Programmatica Ipsum and the uh, other things I work on throughout the internet and Twitch streaming. Um, so I have created a mailing list um, with a newsletter currently fortnightly, uh, the first. Uh, issue is due out on Friday the 4th of February which is uh, tomorrow at time of recording and may <coughs> have already happened by the time you listen to this episode um, if you're interested in that so not just uh, my sort of podcasting on software engineering but uh, writing videos um, and the things that I read and like commentary on articles from throughout the internet then you know please do sign up for that it's at um, SICPERS, as in Structure and Interpretation of Computer Programmers, S-I-C-P-E-R-S dot curated dot C-O. Um, and of course, there will be a link in the show notes. So that's the sort of introductory blurb and the justification for the change in introductory blurb out of the way. On with the episode and the topic for this episode is the personal software process. Personal Software Process, or PSP, is um, a defined process. It isn't just a, a, a collection of words or a, like an idea about a process. It is a real uh, defined process uh, created by uh, Watts Humphrey, who is a fellow of the Carnegie Mellon University Software Engineering Institute. Um, and we understand what he thinks of the process and of um, like software engineering and programming in general from the definition that he gives of a software engineer, 
Well, he doesn't actually define a software engineer as such. He defines an engineer as someone who knows how to consistently and predictably do quality work. And then says that you know a software engineer is someone who does that uh, when working on software. So the uh, personal software process is about um, getting people who make software. It's very much a development uh, process. So people who write software, programmers, to be able to do so with greater quality and with uh, greater consistency i.e a software engineer is in this case a sort of specialization of the idea of being an engineer into the field of software now as i said this is a defined process the software engineering institute actually offer a certification in the psp um, and that involves adopting the PSP and then um, like doing some exercises of writing software within the process and sort of demonstrating that you are uh, following all of the defined steps of this process. I think from my perspective like the um, that uh, sort of certification level that um, like following every single uh, prescription in this process is something that's uh, worth a bit of critique, particularly due to the sort of historical context of the process, which we'll come on to in this episode. But the idea at the core is a simple one, a sensible one, and a sound one. Um, the personal software process is about learning how you work and then adapting that to doing better work. It's about uh, keeping a log, if you like, or a journal of what happens in uh, your like software development activities, how long it takes, what goes wrong, and then reflecting on that and adjusting that so that you both improve the quality, i.e. you uh, correct for the things that were going wrong, and you improve the predictability, i.e. you learn something about what actually happens when you write software, and then when someone asks you to write more software, you know uh, more about what you're going to do. So the personal software process is basically about taking the ideas of software engineering and applying them at small scale, i.e. to one person completing a small program or a module or a library package, whatever, uh, you know, com completing an individual person uh, software activity. And then uh, iteratively reflecting and adapting on that um, software engineering set of activities in order to improve, as we said, the quality and predictability of the work. Um, so we start with a baseline process and then um, make sure that we are consistently uh, recording the outcomes of that process um, and the things like time spent on different stages and then we add activities to that process and we reflect on and improve the activities uh, 
as we sort of you know as we continue down this journey now that the end of this journey is the team software process or tsp which is applying what we've learned to individual level software engineering to uh, an entire group of software engineers and there's a sort of symmetry in that um, each individual on a team software process uh, team is expected to understand and follow the personal software process and that if you had a team following the team software process that had a membership of one you would have a an individual following the personal software process so this is a um a sort of it is a self-improvement framework it is also a, a software engineering uh, framework and as we've seen it's very sort of reflective and adaptive now regardless of you know the opinions that you already have or maybe come to over the course of this episode or uh, if you go and read what's Humphrey's book and you know and come to your own conclusions about uh, the PSP I think that it does pay to be reflective about your work and you know even when I'm not uh, like following any particular process I basically always have either a notebook or you know Evernote or something out while I'm working as a developer and you know if I have to uh, add a new feature to an application then I write notes about what I think it needs to do and sort of sketch out a design uh, in note form often it will help to uh, sort of formalize that uh, design choice and write it into uh, like a readme file at least or you know some form of documentation that helps um, the rest of the team understand the design of that uh, feature, how it integrates into everything else, and um, you know, and, and helps them with code review as well because they get to uh, understand what what I was trying to do alongside uh, what I actually did. And then uh, you know, as I'm building the thing, and maybe uh, some tests fail or some of the assumptions I had turn out to be invalid, like that all gets. Uh, recorded and then i have the opportunity to you know go back and see what have i learned about the software that i'm working on from the activity of working on that uh, software so you know you could still take this self-improvement approach even if you don't take a defined process like psp as long as you start with where you are now you record that process and you do so, you know, like fairly. You're not trying to justify working the way that you currently work. You're trying to understand working the way you currently work. Um, and you may end up with <clears throat> evidence that supports the idea that it is a good way of working. Uh, you may end up with evidence <clears throat> that supports uh, improving on certain areas or changing the way that you know so that you do certain things. But that reflection and gathering of data will help to ensure that you are doing what you do in the course of your software engineering activities with good reason. Now, in personal software process, you don't start just by uh, tracking what you already do. You actually have to adopt 
uh, Watts Humphrey's baseline process, which is called PSP0. And uh, that process is very form-driven. Now, that in itself is not a bad thing. I mean, there are various points in my uh, software engineering career where I have used forms or checklists just so that I don't have to like remember all of the things that I'm trying to keep track of. I have a, uh, a, a sort of external representation of that. So like one uh, project I worked on um, very early in my career, we did have uh, a lot of uh, problems with like, um, basically developers introducing bugs. You know, we were all uh, fairly inexperienced. Uh, and so we created a code review checklist. Like we looked at the um, bugs that had been raised as a result of things that had happened during development. And we wrote a checklist for determining in code review whether all of those things had happened. Simple things like, is the UI control actually hooked up to the code that uh, performs the action uh, do you test whether this variable has a value before you try to use it you know um, fairly simple uh, things but things that we were getting wrong and the th this came in useful in two places the first from a sort of you know uh, cognitive perspective was in code review you would say are these things true? You know, so you'd sit with the the reviewer, would sit with the author, and ask, "Has this variable been set?" And you look at the code, and you go, uh, "Yeah, yes or no." But also, and in fact, earlier in the process, the author of the code change would look at this checklist to ask, "Is it worth putting this into code review yet?" You know, have I done? the things that I know that this reviewer is going to ask. And so you shift left. You uh, bring the question of, you know, have I got these things right forwards? You put them in the mind of the developer and eventually they become automatic and they're no longer a problem. But you then reflect on the bugs that are still getting into the application and you update the checklist and thus you improve. But PSP uh, uses this um, this sort of form-driven, uh, checklist-driven basis, but asks you to adopt the forms and the checklists in the context of the defined baseline process, not the one that you're working with. And it is a very phased process. And it is one uh, that I think phased process probably isn't so bad for like small individual level projects because uh, you know you often do go into them with a particular uh, goal in mind and you aren't going to get external change factors because you know there isn't a product owner saying actually I've changed my mind what I want is uh, this or uh, actually this isn't high priority anymore this other feature is because you are the product owner and you are the um the implementer so if you want a um you know a, a web app to remind you when to feed your hamster like that is what you are going to get and it doesn't matter so much if you 
uh, sort of design it and then implement it and then test it and then deploy it. And in fact, even if you do sort of iterate on it and change your mind, each of those iterations can follow this like PSP phased approach. It is you know, slightly historical though. I mean, the PSP uh, comes from uh, sort of the end of the 90s really and the um, textbook on it, uh, which is called PSP, a self-improvement process for software engineers is from the uh, the subsequent decade, the first decade of the uh, 21st century. And it does have this uh, phased approach that includes coding, then compiling, uh, and logging of uh, defects that are syntax errors that you discover when you run the build phase. Now, like I remember writing software back then. That was a thing that happened um so the project i was talking about with the code review checklist that was uh that sort of middle of the um 2000s decade uh, time frame and it was a project with a very large c++ core and then a number of c unix daemon components and an objective c because it was a mac application and an objective c ui and it took tens of minutes to build. And if even if you were like iteratively working on one file, you know, you're loading off of a slow hard drive onto a computer that had way less memory than computers typically have these days, that build was not a fast thing. Um and you didn't get the sort of live syntax highlighting with the you know spell checker style red underlines that you get in a modern IDE. So you did get cases where you would type all of your code out, or at least for you know a function, and then hit build and discover that you had missed a semicolon. That was genuinely a thing that was you know a part of writing software uh, at that time. That is less true now because um, IDEs are much more uh, capable, have access to much more computing, capacity and so they can do things like live syntax checking live type checking um that isn't to say that you shouldn't be logging all of the other errors that occur like uh, logic errors missed tests you know i'd say that's probably the thing that i um need to improve the most at the moment is yes i make sure that the things i write are tested and i make sure that um existing tests don't fail as a result of doing it but uh, do I catch every case that is currently untested but is impacted by the change I'm making? Certainly not. That would be a thing to improve, and that would be a thing that the PSP uh, would encourage me to think about because uh, parts of these forms um, and parts of the sort of checklist workflow of PSP0 is to uh, log and categorize uh, the errors that you find in writing your software uh, and also time spent which will be useful in being able to um, understand like how long it takes you to do things of particular complexity i need to be able to uh, you know, give more accurate estimates on uh, future tasks 
and also on code size. Now, code size might sound like a contentious point. Um, there are various reasons that you do want to understand the size of your solution. And uh, in PSP, you are measuring code size in uh, significant lines of code slots. Um, people often like prefer sort of fancy complexity metrics, and they say, "Well, I would rather uh, you know understand like the Halstead complexity or the McCabe complexity, the um, you know the cyclomatic complexity of this code." Well, um, it has been shown that each of these is linearly correlated with the length of the solution, i.e. with the number of lines of uh, significant code. Um, the thing that makes PSP a bit more honest than just like running your thing through the WC command and finding out how many carriage returns there are in the file uh, is that you are measuring all of the changes. So um, lines added, lines re removed, lines that existed before and are reused in your iteration and lines that existed before and are modified in your iteration. So you're both measuring sort of amount of work done, but also uh, the effect in both uh, increase and decrease on the solution and in reuse of the solution. So, you know, optimizing for reusability and for uh, removing redundancy. <clears throat> now, within a uh, particular context like number of lines of code is you know uh, is is compatible as a proxy metric with complexity of solution right you know if i'm writing some software in rust and i write 10 lines of rust there is definitely less rust than if i write 100 lines of rust and the same is true if i write one line of perl or <clears throat> you know 12 lines of perl like one of those things is definitely much more than the other uh of course that is not always compatible with the idea that one of them is simpler to understand uh, than the other um and particularly in situations where you sort of code golf and you aim for shrinking the number of lines you're going to um you're going to increase the complexity of each of those lines and increase the terseness of your solution in order to get there but code golf is a particular set of constraints that we are aiming for and is pretty pathological if you are not deliberately um aiming for particular lines of code count if you are aiming for like ideas of expressiveness of readability of consistency with uh, with coding standards and you end up with a shorter solution that shorter solution is likely to be less complex than a longer solution that is consistent with the same goals of readability expressibility uh, and coding standards and in fact one of the um, developments along the PSP is like defining a coding style so that you have that external um, constraint on the meaning of a line of code that makes the count of line of codes consistent with the uh, complexity of the solution expressed. So we now come on to, we've got PSP0 in place, we've got the baseline process, uh, we're 
you know, writing our software in this phased approach and we are um, logging what we do, the time we spend on it and the amount of um, change we make to the code as a result. Uh, and then we add uh, various new extensions in PSP01 and up to PSP12 and so on. Um, planning an estimation. So uh, working out what we're going to do and how long we think it's going to take uh, is an extension. Comparing those estimates with the actuals, because don't forget we've been logging how long it takes us to do things. And this is quite a rich set of logging. So we include interruptions. You know, if someone, um, well, they would have phoned. Uh, <laughs> there was a phone on my desk. Um, in fact, there still is, although I just haven't been in the office for a long time. Uh, if someone phones, if you uh, decide to like reply to an email or to a Slack message, uh, or um, you know, get bored and start reading Twitter, those all go down in your um you know in your time log so you not only have the time it took to get to the solution you kind of have the density of time uh spent on the activities which is an important thing as a knowledge worker you know we do like the, uh, taking those breaks is an important part of the process you need to uh, think about something else every so often so that when you like load this problem back in you have fresh insight, you have um, a more like relaxed mind. So understanding the density of time spent isn't about like you know, beating yourself up for spending half a minute checking Twitter when you should have been typing out the go into your IDE. It is about understanding how much time you actually spend on the explicit software engineering activities when you are working towards a well-engineered uh, software solution. Then there are uh, quality improvement steps. So we've been logging our errors. What do we do to address those errors? Uh, defect prevention. So you know, what do we do to avoid having those errors in the first place? And then uh, software design and verification of the design. So making sure that the uh, solution we propose is going to be fit for purpose even before we uh, try to implement it. Now maybe. Uh, with the passing of time, many of these aspects of the personal software process look a bit crusty. They look like uh, you know, the sort of uh, big design upfront things that we used to do. Although I would you know, recall something I said earlier, this is actually small design upfront because we're applying a PSP to like, individual level tasks, not to whole software endeavors. Um, particularly with like modern tool support, as I said, you know, this idea that uh, you would type a load of code in and then find out whether it compiles or not. It's something we no longer need to do because we can you know, be permanently watching and compiling the, the code uh, as we're typing. Uh, or maybe they don't appear compatible with techniques like test first. Um, actually, I don't think that's true. Uh, I think if you decide to write your code in the test first way, then your coding phase of your PSP0 process involves writing the code test first. And then your testing phase involves looking for whether your tests are exhaustive, whether you have like the sort of higher level integration tests that are needed to demonstrate that the solution actually solves the problem that you set out to solve. And I think that you can still 
you know, think about your work in that phased way, even if you are performing some of the activities in a different order. If you do, say, a TCR, test and commit or revert, then every revert is a is an error that you introduced and then of course backed out straight away from but it's an error that you can log and you can say well why did i think that this was going to work um because i've now thrown away the uh the effort that was i've thrown away the outcome of the effort that went into that exploration okay i've learned something useful but could i have known that this uh wasn't going to work up front you know can i more quickly converge on that committable uh, increment. And as I said at the beginning, the core message of, of the PSP, which is that you understand how you work, reflect on the problems that you encounter, and you improve your process to mitigate those problems, that is, like, that is how improvement works. That is how we get better at the things we do every day. And that is an important uh, step on the road from programming to software engineering. So, thank you very much for listening. I would, uh, as I said at the top, love to hear your feedback uh, about this new direction of from programmer to software engineer. Uh, I'd love to hear your feedback about the PSP and about the um, topics in this episode. You can uh, comment on the post on sicpers.info where this podcast is located. You can send me an email, Graham Lee at acm.org, and you can find me on Twitter, I was Lee G, I W A S L W E G. Um, if you did enjoy this, please you know, share it with your peers, with your colleagues, with uh, you know, perhaps the, uh, the newer programmers on your team who are starting out on their journey towards uh, software engineering. And uh, if you are capable, and there is you know, certainly no obligation, uh, please find my Patreon at patreon.com slash IamLeeG and, uh, and consider becoming a patron and supporting this work. Thank you very much, and I will talk to you again soon. <laughs>